0: Good morning, good afternoon all you weirdos out there. We are Strange Library Podcast and you are listening to the very 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 first episode. Uh we're all very excited to be here. My name is Leroy.
1: Yes, I am. It's very exciting.
0: Yeah. Um we uh, we decided to um to get together and just go through some odd stories. We don't I I don't read as much as I should anymore. <laughs> Nor do I this is uh this is a good excuse to to crack open some books or i guess kindle editions which is usually the cheapest way to get things um and go through some some odd stories and we're hoping that you can join us in reading those um aiden how did you get into weird fiction
1: i was introduced to it early on by my dad he uh, introduced me via some softer weird fiction like uh, terry pratchett and neil gaiman and then in high school i was introduced to much, much weirder stuff by an English teacher. Um, she pre- gave me a book called The Bloody Chamber, which is uh, a bizarre collection of short stories about sort of twisted fairy tales. Uh, twisted doesn't quite cover it <laughs>
0: accurately. I love that title, The the Red Chamber. The Bloody
1: Chamber, yeah.
0: The Bloody Chamber. Oh, that's mm. that's wonderful.
1: Yeah, there's there's one where is it the... Beauty and the Beast, where the beast is like a genuine beast. So he's not a regal-looking beastly person. He's like an animal that is covered in crap and hay and stuff. And I'm pretty sure he turns her into a beast. It's very weird.
0: <laughs> I think we might have to track that one down for the show. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of Gaiman, uh, I was at work with someone today who said that they don't like Gaiman at all because he's yeah uh, too too whimsical. Too <laughs> <laughs>
1: sure sure i mean
0: sure <laughs> I, and and i just i as a as a sensitive sensitive man i i i feel like i i i've gotten a i've got a recourse to that i'm like well, no what do you what do you mean he's too, too whimsical he's 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 hard and he's um he's metal but no no it doesn't work i think
1: i think he he is hard and metal until the end at which point he goes <laughs> No, it's okay, and gives you a nice pat and sends you on your way.
0: And then you're like, ah, oh, oh, Neil. Thank you, Neil. He's definitely not a. a who am I trying to think of?
1: A Stephen King, where he goes, here, have something very unpleasant. And then I'm going to stick a small knife in your back
0: as you leave. Ha 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 ha, ha. Uh, Stephen King is not known for ending his stories well. Uh, not even. <laughs> no. Not for the characters. Just in general. Just. He doesn't. Doesn't really know what to do with them, but that's fine. Cool. Um, so yeah, I was a, I was a degenerate teenager, like most degenerate teenagers. Uh, I was into Metallica at the time. Uh, I found the lyrics to The Thing That Should Not Be, and also The Call of Cthulhu, which is an instrumental. Uh, and I needed to know more. Uh, I tracked it down. Um, back then, uh, in the early days of the internet, HP Lovecraft had a website that listed all the... Um, all the known references in like metal music and like tv shows that he was featured in uh yeah so this was before dv oh, wow. troops before wikipedia and i just thought i was i was absolutely enthralled i'm like i'm going yeah. to track down all these all these references all these stories and read them all and listen to them all um because i just i needed more hp lovecraft references in my life uh and from there yeah i mean i just kind of like <laughs> spiraled out i've always been more interested in strange stories that don't have solid conclusions that just get weirder and weirder and weirder.
2: Well, I always great great characters are some of my favourite characters. I like it when a protagonist is just a little bit questionable. <laughs> so yes, uh, now these sorts of as you say stories that get weirder and weirder and don't
0: quite end on a way that you're sure of are yeah. always the best. This week we are covering a uh, Robert A Heinlein book um called all you zombies and unlike the title the title just kind of makes it feel like it's going to be a zombie story and it is not at all
2: oh most definitely not uh, <laughs>
0: um, we need to put a little uh a uh, uh, thing in the, the title that says p.s not a zombie story just for the people who are tired of zombies <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. yes all you zombies open brackets about time travel not zombies <laughs> Close yeah.
0: brackets. <laughs> um, this is a weird one. Uh, this is this is more of a straight up like hard sci-fi, but it, it's it's told really well. Um, how did you find this story? This is this is a recommendation for Maiden. I
2: started reading this story back when I was in university. I can't remember how I got introduced to it. But I remember looking it up and finding there was this PDF online and it was nine pages long. I was like, oh, okay. So I read it in an afternoon, just sort of in between lectures. And I remember just being quite enthralled and being very proud that I could, in fact, draw up a, uh, <laughs> an image of the, the time-travelling lines for the protagonist and how it all intersected. Uh, yeah, I can't actually remember how I got, it, got introduced to it. But i'm very glad that i did
0: yeah it's a great first pick uh, so uh, some of you might know robert a Heinlein as the author of the original uh starship troopers uh which is possibly an authoritarian pro authoritarian piece of work but uh yeah
2: i'll be honest i it was this is one of those books that i read and went wow this is cool and then didn't think anything else of the author and <laughs> found that years later it was written by who he actually was and went, oh. oh, okay. Do you know
0: we actually coined the term Space Marines? No, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for Space Marines, Robert. Uh, now, All You Zombies is, like you said, a short nine-page book. Uh, do you want to go through the, um, the story with us?
2: Yeah, so the uh, very basic, very, very basic synopsis is a man called the unmarried woman walks into a bar and the bartender says to him i would like to offer you a job and the unmarried woman says that he's going to tell a story that is the weirdest the bartender has ever heard and the bartender says all right if this bar- if this story is the weirdest i've ever heard um you can have this bottle of
0: some awful drink Yeah, which actually comes into the story later.
2: That is about as far as we can go before spoilers become very, very spoilery because this is a story that just spirals. And if you know the twist, it unfortunately means that a lot of the story is (laughs) a little bit made null and void because nine pages means the
0: twist is the story. If that was enticing enough for you guys, feel free to pause the podcast, find the PDF because it's actually really easy to find um we may even be able to link it in the show notes have a read it's not very long but if you're not interested in doing that we're gonna go through the story now as is uh spoiler spoiler alerts alarm sounds editor put in some kind of notes
2: (laughs) also spoiler spoiler alert for the film predestination which is based on this book and it is a very good film and if you enjoy the story after reading it go watch that film because it's basically a play for play with just an added character so that things don't become Messy.
0: Except not really an added character. (laughs) Except
2: not really an added character, yes. Spoilers, not really an added character, because it's one of those books. (laughs) So as you said,
0: it starts in a bar. The uh, date, time, and location are kind of like noted in in bold right at the start. It's a time zone, 7th of November, 1917, uh, NTC. The bartender starts talking about this character, the unmarried woman, coming in, being a, a surly customer.
2: Yes, he says he's sizing up this, this young man because he'd like to hire him to be a part of his sort of agency company. Um, and he, he mentions that this man is renowned for his stories. He writes short, sappy stories with a tendency to be able to find the woman's side woman sort of angle
0: this character is like we said is called the unmarried mother which is a which is an odd name um right away i mean it was it was hard getting my bearings because i knew it was set in like a real-ish world it was new york 1970s but um it's an alternate
2: history 1970s
0: yeah yeah so um uh, it, right away the the bartender says ah uh, yeah we we are the temporal agents we just kind of throws that i love the um the really casual world building in this oh
2: yeah no the amount of they'll just throw something out there that's incredibly important and then just keep going past it's like whoa, whoa, whoa hang on
0: yeah hang on <laughs> and and i do want to remind the the, the listeners that this is 9 pages long <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah all this world building gets done beautifully at some point the the bartender kind of looks down at a ring that he's wearing and is like oh yeah i bought that in like pre pre christ greece from a from another temporal agent mm. yeah, it's just a it's just an ouroboros i really like it um yeah exactly well i mean if we take
2: the first was it the first two sentences uh 2217 time zone v estimated 7th of november 1970 ntc pops place I was polishing a brandy snifter when the unmarried mother came in. I noted the time: 10:17 p.m. Zone Five or Eastern Time, November 7th, 7th 1970. Mm-hmm. Temporal agents always notice time and date. We must. Oh, I mean, as you say, that is like a truxan of world building in three sentences.
0: Ah, oh, it's just so good.
2: So yeah, he he basically approaches he approaches this young. The unmarried mother, who he describes as a 25-year-old man, um, who is surly, doesn't doesn't like to drink with others.
0: One thing that you kind of note right away is that the bartender seems to know a lot about how this unmarried mother behaves. Knows that if uh, he's feeling particularly surly, he'll respond this way. And if he's feeling like a little bit down, he'll respond this way. But he kind of like jumps in and says, "Oh, go on. Oh, you you've got you write so beautifully. You've got such a feminine touch when you when you write. Do you want to tell me about it?" And the unmarried mother kind of like, uh, really kind of like noir-y. like, "Oh, let me tell you my story." And bets a bets a bottle of that awful drink that they're drinking.
2: Yes, he says, "This I bet that this will be the weirdest story you've ever heard." <laughs> yeah, and of course the temporal agent, who we're not sure is special at all he sort of seems to know a lot but they don't really explicitly say anything says so how he's heard a lot of stories he's a bartender he's heard stories um and the the <laughs> unmarried mother says none like mine and so and then yeah he gets into his story which is the bulk of the uh the book because the um the i believe it's about five Pages long is the actual <laughs> the actual unmarried mother's story.
0: Uh, the unmarried mother goes through into detail about how um, uh, she grew up in an orphanage. Uh, she was a particularly ugly child.
2: She was named Jane. Yeah. Yes, she was picked on, and so she had to make sure to toughen herself up. Make sure she was rough enough for the orphanage. As she notes they all grew up quickly there.
0: Yeah, um, talks about being flat chested and buck toothed, and and realised that she she was never going to like uh, stand out enough to be picked up by parents. No,
2: exactly. She was always going to be an orphan.
0: When she grew up, she wanted to be part of the, and this is where the the, the, the crazy sci fi kind of gets <laughs> into it. Apparently, there's a uh, space space people, uh, and she was going to be a something called a, a, a wench.
2: Yes, the wenches.
0: Which is an acronym.
2: <laughs> which stands for it's is an acronym. All the best all the best random weird ass names are. Uh, <laughs> yes, Wenches, which stands for Women's Emergency National Corps Hospitality and Entertainment Section, which is in short, basically space hookers.
0: Yeah, well I was gonna say geishas, but you know.
2: I sure I mean space escorts. They they appear to be Designed such that they attend to the spaces, as they call them, um, and provide them with a good time, provide them with solace, provide them with anything they need, basically, when they're on their voyages or when they come back.
0: Yeah, and one thing she she does mention is that usually these uh, wenches end up married to spaces. They they end up having a decent life, and mm-hmm. this seemed to be the best way forward for her. Uh, yeah, they would even guarantee like uh, like surgery and stuff like that, so they would fix all of her f- physical problems that she th- thought that she had. But that didn't go to plan because right before right before she was going to sign up and get shot off into hooker space,
2: it was during her training. I believe she was she was training. During her training, when she was, she was going to charm school in the evenings to make herself more charming, yes, she meets a very lovely young man who waves a fistful of hundreds in her face. And, oh, God,
0: I love it. This comes back, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't it yeah. good? And I know um, we're teasing you, listeners, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Oh, yeah.
2: Waves a fistful of hundreds in her face and uh, flirts with her and ends up, well... Ends up making making her fall in love with him And they Yes End up together and very um, very happy
0: She ends up pregnant From this encounter uh, And the
2: Mm. Unbeknownst to her it should be noted
0: Unbeknownst to her yes Uh, And um, the the Dude disappears never finds him again Mm. Uh, And after She gave birth the birth went fine Yes. Um, the doctor said, "Oh, yeah, you happen to be some kind of like medical anomaly. You were born with both sets of genitals. Some of them, uh, but dormant." Well,
2: she. They. I think he says that the uh, the both sets are actually um, not infant. They are they are uh, immature, um, and so she yes they the her female organs were immature but were able to birth a child yes but after that they were absolutely mangled and so yes he she now has these male sets of organs which while immature can be brought out and can be made to become mature so that yeah, she can become, as the doctor says, a fully-fledged man.
0: Yeah, um, even talks about how before her rehabilitation was over, she was staring down the cleavage of nurses that she had fully transformed into a man.
2: Yes, yes, she was aware, or well, he was aware that he was a man because he was noticing the nurses, yes. <laughs> I was, always found that quite amusing.
0: The bartender at this point is pretty shocked but I don't think he gives up the, gives up the ghost just yet. Mm.
2: No, he doesn't, because we next get on to the way that her daughter, or his daughter at this point, has just been born. And the daughter, he, he decides he's going to do right by her. He's going to make sure that she ends up having a happy life because she, he doesn't want her to end up in an orphanage just like he was.
0: Yeah, and definitely doesn't want to have, um, like, wants to be a good parent. Exactly. One, regardless of, of, of um, gender.
2: Exactly. But ultimately, he notes that this is for naught because a few days later, he is abducted from the hospital by a man claiming to be her... am sorry. A few days later, she is abducted from the hospital by a man
0: claiming to be her uncle.
2: And the unmarried mother says that he never saw his daughter again.
0: Yeah, so the unmarried mother suspects it's the uh, the father of the child. I don't... doesn't really say why she suspects it, but yeah, I mean, let's go along with it.
2: Well, she... I'm pretty sure he says it's because there is no other person who would have any other reason to. Him. Yeah, sure, fair enough. He, he sort of figures, of all the people in the world who want to steal his child, it only makes sense to be his
0: partner the bartender uh, gives it all up at this point well give some of it up at this point because it just it just keeps unfolding um well
2: there's the great great line where when asking about the child the bartender asks what did this man look like and the <laughs> unmarried mother in a very very you should take note of this sentence because it's going to be important later, but we're not going to make a note of that, says, just a man with a face-shaped face like yours or mine. And if you haven't worked it out already, that is one of the most important sentences in the story.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There there are a lot. If you go back and read after you know the twist, um, there's a lot. Mm -hmm. There's a lot. Like pretty much every sentence is like, oh, oh, Mm -hmm. oh, okay.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah. It shows you everything and if you have no idea what it is, it doesn't make any sense. But if you do, it's like, oh my god. That's- <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the bartender says, I actually I can I can find you I can help you find this person. Like, um, if if I do this for you, you you have to come work for me. Mm. Uh, and the unmarried mother says oh, I'm going to kill him. Mm. And the bartender says, mm, uh, I don't think you should, nah, I don't think you're going to. <laughs> uh, which which I didn't, I thought it was going to be a morality tale about, you know, like, like revenge and stuff like that. But no, that's not, that's not relevant. I keep forgetting that they're temporal agents. But yeah, um, so the, the bartender says, you know, come in the back with me. Um, the, the, the bartender yells at his, um, Uh, like his, his colleague yeah
2: his colleague and says yeah his colleague and says we're back in a minute i'm just taking him out the back
0: (laughs) yeah but he also he also yells at his colleague for playing the wrong music on the jukebox because yeah okay
2: and yes the song that's playing (laughs) another one of those ones yes because as they're leaving the song that pops on he says it was that sort of old time music and he hated it so he made sure to get music that was um a little bit more modern i believe is what he
0: said he hated the music of the 1970s yeah exactly
2: where is it there it is as he's as he's as he's leaving the jukebox suddenly jukebox suddenly blares out i'm my
0: own grandpa (laughs) Yeah, which, which is, is yeah. so
2: remarkably on the nose, and yet still.
0: I think it's actually a tape from his diary, and and like or, or, or like a like a, a tape from like the agency, like his like mission stuff, and they they put the wrong tape in. No, no, no,
2: it's. No, no, no! It's a um, it's it's a song. It's a song from that era. Oh, really? And it's just yeah. One of the one of the crappy songs that he hates. Oh, okay. And he thought he would vetted them all, but he hadn't vetted that one, obviously. Oh, and so, it pops on.
0: Yep. Uh, I I read it that that he put in, he accidentally slipped in one of his mission tapes into the jukebox by accident, and like, no, no, you're playing the wrong tape. Like, turn that off. Put the music back on. Uh, but anyway. No,
2: no, I think. No, I'm pretty sure it's just a song.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um. I'm gonna I'm gonna flip through it again because it's only nine pages and I can do that in a sitting. Um, exactly. Yeah. So, um, the the bartender uh, drops off uh, the unmarried mother at a time and place. Uh,
2: <laughs> well, first, firstly, the the, I was very impressed the way time travel in this is yeah, very different yeah, really to the way I've seen it before, because. They always, whenever you see Charmtober, you see like little uh, gadgets, sort spin or you have like a, um, a, 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 t- a box that you go into or something like that. In this, they describe a net. And he says there's a specific way you have to throw the net such that the people who are in it get um, transported in their entirety and nothing else. And he says many, many agents use different forms of tactics to get the people they try and transport in but he tends to just be blunt with them and uses that moment of shock to transport them in the way he does in this story
0: yeah and um and if you do it wrong you might teleport but without a toe or missing a leg and you'll leave time evidence everywhere and they don't want to do that
2: or or teleport with a wall yeah
0: yeah it kind of reminds me of the <laughs> the, the teleporting the time travel thing from uh, terminator where uh it kind of deletes the uh the area around it um Mm. i i I got that image instantly when i read that part
2: (laughs) yeah so yes he teleports well doesn't teleport. time travels the unmarried mother back in time um around about seven years i think it is back to 1963 from 1970
0: yeah cleveland ohio um yes and hands him a, a wad of cash.
2: <laughs> yes, making making sure he notes that the cash is from that time because he says that the agency will be happy to provide as much money as they like as long as it's in the correct time.
0: Yeah, they don't want to cause... Um Temporal problems, uh, yes. Unnecessary paradoxes. Unnecessary paradoxes, yes. Um, at that point, <laughs> the bartender becomes the main main focus of the story, as opposed to the unmarried mother. Mm. Uh, the bartender simply says that um, the unmarried mother is going to realize that he's not as nice as he thought he was, mm. <clears throat> uh,
2: and then and he will come back and pick him up in a, uh, in a little while time.
0: Basically, yep. he says, um, then the bartender teleports to uh, the time in which the daughter was born, takes her. Yes. <laughs> teleports back in time, drops her off at the orphanage.
2: Yes, he he he, is, he transports forward, transports the year forward to yes to the hospital and steals Jane. And he notes it should be noted at this point he names her as Jane, so it is it is the first confirmation because he says Baby Jane when yep. he puts her down in the orphanage uh
0: and then teleports back to 1963 Mm -hmm. to to pick up the unmarried mother
2: who is now stepping away from the front door of a lovely young woman who he's fallen in love with called jane (laughs) who is about to realize she's pregnant
0: (laughs) yeah I, I i i must admit i was a little confused at this point i'm like wait a minute like you haven't really explained how they've fallen in love like did you disappear for a little while like what's going on uh but yeah uh <laughs> jane has fallen in love with herself <laughs> teleported back into the past yep yes uh
2: absolutely um and then they then the uh as the uh, as the unmarried mother is leaving the. Temporal agent walks up and says, it's time to go and teleports both of them into the future where the temporal agency exists and drops him off as a new recruit. And there's a wonderful, wonderful back and forth between him and the sergeant, where the sergeant seems a bit pissed off. And they note that it's because because of the way time travel works. Whenever you go back to the agency, they're never sure who is your superior and who's not because people constantly change because you might meet them when they when they, they're a sort of just a, just an officer and then you might meet them when they're yes yeah, much higher up. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I didn't I didn't catch that for some reason that, that's wonderful. I love yeah. that. yeah um, they, they just yeah. kind of put Jane in a, in a little holding cell and said, you know get some get some uh, Panadol in her and in oh, him at this point. Uh, well, no, it's it's him at this yeah. point. yes. Uh, get some Panadol in him. Uh, talk to him tomorrow. don't be too hard. Like he's gone through a lot tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah. So
2: and then he, the the bartender then walks off and men, makes note of how he's done his recruitment for the day. Yep. Um, and he's going back to his quarters to sleep. For a, uh, he's going back to his. Does he does he travel at all before that?
0: Uh, no, I, I don't. No, uh, he doesn't. So think, I think about the 1985 Sub Rockies base.
2: Um, yes he goes he goes that's that's when he drops off his uh, that's when he drops off the unmarried
0: mother yeah so the the, the future sure. of 1985 <laughs> hmm. uh,
2: yeah and then yes and then he goes back to says he goes back to his quarters because he's done his recruitment process and he notes that he is confident that the unmarried mother will get through because he did, didn't yep. he? <laughs> yes, then yep. the the bottle makes a reappearance.
0: Uh yeah, so he's uh he's uh doing he takes a swig of the bottle that um he bet on this weird story uh, and says, Oh god, I can't I can't remember why I ever liked this drink. Mm. And um, as he's making notes for the, the case that he just did, he uh, he rubs on his belly and talks about his caesarean scar that he got.
2: Mm-hmm. While drinking the bottle that he says he rightfully won.
0: Yep, yep. He <laughs> that he rightfully won. I didn't pick that up either, yeah. Uh, wonderful. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, it is at this point that it's become very clear that almost everyone in the story, except for the drill sergeant, possibly is Jane. And <laughs> Jane gave birth yes. to herself and impregnated herself. Uh, and that... Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the the title of the story comes in when uh, the bartender says, um, uh, "I don't know where all you zombies came from, but I know my origin story." The,
2: the snake that eats its tail forever and ever.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. The uh, the bartender has the Ouroboros ring, which comes back to that. Mm. Um, what what? I mean, time travel stories can get a little bit, meh, But this was so much fun.
2: It is a very very tight, very very elegant story i think which wraps itself around night very neatly
0: yeah old underwear is the name of the drink by the way that sounds that sounds awful yes
2: (laughs) 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 i mean there are worse sounding drinks i guess in in nowadays
0: (laughs) yeah um did you did you uh notice the uh the the of the 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 bylaws of time yes
2: the bylaws of time were great
0: yeah never do yesterday what should be done tomorrow if
2: at last you you do succeed, never try again. <laughs> I love <Yep>. that one. <laughs> yep.
0: uh, yeah, a stitch in time saves nine billion. A paradox may be paradoxed, which is great too.
2: It, it is earlier when you th- when you think <laughs> uh, ancestors are just people. I think that one. Uh huh. <laughs> likes. And even Jove nods. I don't know what that one means. To be honest, no idea. <laughs> I have no
0: idea. Um. Yeah. So, Jane. Jane is the beginning and end. I mean, what a what a story. I mean, mm. you you were mentioning that even in the the film adaptation, even some of the uh the temporal agents in other missions, um, turn out to also be Jane. Yes.
2: The in the in the film, there is a. It starts with an agent attempting to defuse. It's mentioned briefly in the book, the um, the fizzle bombing and the film starts with an agent attempting to defuse that, and he fails, and his face is um, blown off, and that is the bartender, which is a I thought it was a nice way of uh, of working in the fact that in the book you don't see the bartender's face, so you don't look at them and go, oh, they're the same person, um, <laughs> whereas in the film you would do that
0: instantly. Yep. Yeah, um, the one sentence that I did not understand is uh, he says, "I felt a headache coming on, but a headache powder is the one thing I do not take. I did once, and you all went away." Like, what the hell does that mean?
2: Yes. Well, it ends. It ends with, "I miss you dreadfully. You, you aren't really. You aren't really there at all. There isn't anybody but me, Jane, here alone in the dark. I miss you dreadfully." I think that's one of those ones you look at and go is it all in his head is it is it that he is in fact locked himself away in his own small universe via time travel such that he is everyone and everyone is him but that therefore means he is in fact perpetually alone because if you think about the it's a it's one of those has the implication that's quite horrifying which is that because of the way he's time-travelled he's in fact severed his connection from the stream of time that most people have and he's essentially created his own pocket universe where he is everyone and he is doomed to live that life in perpetuity in that circle again and again and again and again which is quite a horrifying
0: concept um there was a small small part of me that kind of thought that uh like because because he's a man outside of time that he's gone through and done this loop like a how, God knows how long and that he's holding he's holding all these timelines mm. even like forgotten timelines in his head and when he takes the headache powder and that goes away like the only mm. thing the only thing of these timelines that exist is memories that he has and taking the headache powder makes them go away and he doesn't want that um i mean that's that's a way to read it now that i'm thinking about it but yeah the, like yeah yes being locked locked away that's that's brilliant too i really like the story thank you aiden
2: hey you're very welcome you're, I, yes I, I think this one's quite wonderful it is it has unfortunately got the same problem that this paradox always has which is it has no beginning and i always i, I think i think that's okay though because it's such a slick story most time travels most time travel stories have an issue at some point or another which means they can't possibly happen. And the, the even the greatest even the greatest of time travel stories do and this one's is that there is no origin. He was never born because he couldn't have been. But I think that it's okay because it's so neatly done. It just all wraps itself nicely. <laughs> Literally wraps itself up um that yes i don't i don't mind ignoring that that sort of that one nitpick nitpick
0: (laughs) yeah i mean i love a good paradox and i like a good uh i like a good time travel conundrum have you ever watched the movie primer yes of course (laughs) that 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 hurts okay
2: oh yes oh yes see that is i'd say that's the that's the the great the sort of god of time travel um films that when it comes to just like accuracy,
0: yes. But what it lacks is something that's in this story, which is um, uh, such a wonderful human element. Even if it's a like, uh, you know, a, a time traveler is going to be such a such an alien person, uh, because they are outside of time, time stuff like that. It, it's it's really good at humanizing them, even if they are strange, like time gods. Yeah,
2: exactly. And it sort of it has this wonderful way of wonderful way of sort of making the character believable making their motivations believable
0: yes uh it, wonderful wonderful humanizing story of even like strange alien time travelers because uh, they are basically not human anymore
2: yeah and it and it provides this sort of the motivation i think is fascinating because it's essentially this terrified man who is making sure to keep his life well in existence his his main goal is to just perpetuate himself <laughs> <laughs> to keep himself alive yep. um it's sort of that it's it's a very sort of mutated version of that old story oh it's a mutated version of back to the future where he has to make sure his parents get together so he's born or in this case he has to make sure he he gets together so he's born
0: so i i see this spiraling out like, um, uh, like future stories, like, just keep going on and on and on to, to show that, like, maybe Jane slash bartender was like some kind of like Adam and Eve.
2: Mm, yeah. yeah. And, and is, and is everyone. Yeah. That's an interesting, interesting thought. Yeah.
0: Um, so, wonderful book. Um, if you want to discuss this with us, we do have a Discord. Um, if you, we'll, we'll have our website in the show notes, uh, strangelibrarypod.com. Uh, you can find our Discord there. Um, if you want to join in next month, uh, we will be covering a book called The Last Feast of Harlequin. It is a novella by uh, Thomas Ligotti. Have you, have you read any Thomas Ligotti? No, not even slightly. So uh, Thomas Ligotti is considered a a Lovecraftian contemporary. I've read some Thomas Ligotti and it is really wonderfully creepy stuff. (laughs) Uh, And I think um, as far as a contemporary goes, like I I, I don't think calling him a contemporary of Lovecraft is is really doing him justice. He is a very talented writer uh, in his own part. (laughs) Um, Some people might know him as... Uh, the guy who wrote The Man's... Let me just have a look at that. Yeah, the... So, some people might know Thomas Ligotti as the man who wrote The Conspiracy Against the Human Race, which is not really a fiction. I haven't read it, but apparently it is the inspiration for, um, Rust from, uh, True Detective. His nihilism. Uh, have you seen True Detective? No! But that also sounds exciting. (laughs) Ah, True Detective Season 1. Probably my favorite TV show of all time. Um, Manages to be Lovecraftian without supernatural elements. Okay. And that sounds boring, but it's perfect.
2: Uh, No, see, I remember there is one story um, by Lovecraft. I can't remember what story it is, and I've only read a synopsis because I'm that person (laughs) sometimes. Or all that person all the time. Exactly. Which is where it's about a man who curses someone else because he slights him, and so he says that your people are going to die, and then people start dying, and it's revealed it's not a curse. It's this man is in fact hunting them down and killing them, and pretending it's a curse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep, wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I, th- that rings a bell. I'll I'll have to track that one down. Yep,
2: I'll, I'll um, look into it as well. <laughs>
0: yep. Um, so yeah, we are we are covering Feast of the Harlequin*. Uh, you can find it on. Uh, Amazon has it on Songs of a Dead Dreamer slash uh, Grim Scribe uh, on Kindle, um, which shouldn't be too hard to track. We will put these in the show notes if you want to read along. Uh, Mm -hmm. But if you want to just wait for the month and we will cover it for you. Um, uh, (laughs) Podcast as service, as it is called. Uh, Thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed our first show. Uh, I'm sure we'll have plenty of problems trying to figure out how to get all this stuff done so if you want to have some patience with us join us um give us jump into the uh, discord and give us some feedback um hopefully be nice about it but you know what we can handle it we're tough we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna tough it out um we have
2: time that's why that's why these are a month <laughs> apart we've, we've got to work ourselves out in between each one
0: yeah absolutely <laughs> and um we hope to see you next episode hmm. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much. Goodbye.
2: Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Shane p ninety nine. Where can we find you, Leroy?
0: Oh, um, yeah. Oh, I, you, I should have mentioned this before. You are yourself a, a an author of short stories. Yeah, I
2: write weird stuff. If you like reading weird stuff, if you if that's of interest to you, I tend to write short horror. Um, slash perpetual weirdness. I wrote a story recently about a man um, re- re- experiencing the last dying moments of his relationship in reverse. It was a pain in the ass to write, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> so yeah, you can uh, you can find me on Instagram at shade p um, ninety
0: nine. Yeah, cool. We will put that in the show notes. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at uh, double scuzz. Uh, which I will also put in the show notes but the only thing I've got up there is uh, silly little comic book drawings which look so really nothing... cool so silly
2: they're cool go um, and look at them
0: but they definitely have nothing to do with weird fiction but uh, yeah <laughs> find us there or join us in our discord and we'll see you next week see you then and by then I, by that I mean next month
2: yeah the, the next time whenever
0: yeah. we're back on the time that is there. <laughs> goodbye all
2: yeah. see ya